Welcome to the Jesus People segment of the Antioch Indie Podcast, a place where each week we're going to hear from different people about what it means to walk with God. We hope that you leave encouraged and equipped and that this builds your faith for what God wants to do in your life. Welcome everybody to the Jesus People portion of Antioch Indie Podcast. I am here today with Andrew. Is this a bonus episode? This is a bonus episode. (laughs) So we're trying to stick a little more series specific just for this month because this series is a little more dicey and maybe could produce more questions. Mm. Um, So anybody started sweating yet. I I think you're the only one you've referenced it both Sundays. And I think it's because you know what's ahead. Everyone else is like in it, you know, just like take me wherever you want to go. Hey, if that's what people are thinking, then that's great. They probably get more nervous as we go. This past week (laughs) was Mother's Day and you spoke on women. Yes. And I really appreciate that, obviously, being a woman and a mom. Um, But one of the reasons I think that I wanted to hear what you were going to say is because I feel like there is so much chatter in the world right now about women. Yeah. Um, Like the Me Too movement and... Just like all the things that have been coming up and yes. whether a woman can be, like we just had our first woman run for president mm-hmm. and lots of voices on that. And it just feels like this is a buzzword issue. Mm. Like you just never know if you're going to offend somebody. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I do and know it's what like you're talking about. And, yeah. and so I personally love yeah. being a woman. I've always loved it. Never, you should. Never in my life once wanted to be a man. I think y'all are gross. <laughs> no offense. I mean, I think you're great. <laughs> Just great, wouldn't want to be gross. a man. Um, and I'm, I'm just so thankful to be a woman. But I also, I think like the older I get, I obviously was like grew up in a great home. So yeah. didn't have any kind of the harassment right. issues or anything that I think a lot of women genuinely experience. And I've never felt less than. I think mm. I was parented in that way. It's huge. But I think that a lot of women, not a lot, but I do think that there is a lot of wounding that's gone on. Yeah. Um, and men can be chauvinistic or mm-hmm. have a better than... And all that kind of stuff. So there's yeah. this conversation swirling. So I was anticipating what you were going to say. And I thought it was wonderful. Oh, good. But I was frustrated. Was it what you anticipated? Um, yeah, I think I think you had great points. And I think what we're maybe sensing even from some of the questions on Instagram is people, you did not, um, you didn't give answers like in a right or wrong or this camp or this camp. And mm-hmm. that is always frustrating to people. Totally. To be left campless, mm. you know, or to be left left without like a political party they're going to like yeah. now run for. Right. And is it like, is it pro women or are we like pro men or what are we? Because I want to know. Mm. Um, and so I feel like <laughs> I feel like you basically like left it where you just were acknowledging women's worth. Yeah. Which was great. Right. And women's worth in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. But I was telling you before. What I think the message was, we're not pro women and we're not pro men. Is like we're like pro people and God's creation and yeah. Well, God's and I think I love how you cultural architects like what we're trying to do is establish the kingdom of God. So what was God's original intention? Right. When He like created a man first, and we can't argue with that. And then He made a woman. Mm-hmm. And then like He speaks to both of them. He interacts with both of them. He curses both of them mm-hmm. after the fall. Like He holds them both accountable. It's not like the man was just held accountable and the woman was, you know. Yeah. So anyway. I like how you're we're, we're coming around and just being like, what was God's original idea without sin mm-hmm. in the picture? Yeah, right. For women. Yeah. But and I was frustrated. Yeah. I, I felt like at the end of it, because <laughs> you seem to wrap it up like, what are these two women? What You said, what are two things that women bring to the table? And I realized where you were going in the context of your message, but I was like, are those the only two things that right. I bring to the table? Right. And you had a response for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, as I was preparing, I knew that that would be a question. 
that people would ask is like, oh, that's nice and everything, but great. So those are the only two things I could do. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing is, I never said anything about this being the only things that you can do. I know, but I feel like that's like everyone's like antennas right. are up. Like, what can women do? What what can women totally. not do? Especially in the church. Right. Yes. Yeah. Especially in the church. And so, um, I. Sorry that you thought that, <laughs> you know. But no. But seriously, it's kind of like you know for. I know I'm I'm sure that somebody walked out of the room and was like, oh, that was like another really kind, uh, well-packaged, patronizing way to tell women that all they can do is give hugs. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure somebody walked around there and was like, oh, he but just not, talked not about how... But not a hug, just a side hug. Right, only side hugs. Safe hugs. Right. We actually do think that's probably the best, but, right? <laughs> it's so not anyway, the point okay. of what we're talking about. <laughs> um, so, the yeah, the, the whole point was definitely not the only two things that women bring to the table are these two things. The point was here are two things that women uniquely bring to the table among all of the things mm-hmm. that women in general bring to the table, at, both as women and just as people. So mm-hmm. women in general or a woman in general or specific or whatever. So I think that's why it's a dicey issue is that every so many people have their radar up to assume that they're going to get limited or someone's going to tell them things they can't do mm-hmm. or like where they aren't valuable or the only things they bring to the table or whatever. And so I think people come into conversations, really they're going to come into this series, you know, and and pretty much any of the things we talk about, that radar is going to be up Mm -hmm. for different people on different weeks in different ways, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think there's different reasons for that. Part of that is going to be because people are coming in with hurt from real things. Mm -hmm. I think people are coming in from a cultural norm of offense and like the world, talk about culture I mean yeah. it's like so cool to be offended yeah. and like and it's like the cool thing to do is to get mad at somebody right and our culture is so polarized right now on who's right and who's wrong right and that's just not the spectrum of the kingdom of God mm-hmm. it's what did God design and are you following it or not mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's so, which isn't even right or wrong like mm-hmm. there's there's so much liberation in God and so I think we we come to conversations with our guards up. We come to the Bible with our guards up. We come to God with our guard up. And therefore, we, we hear things into a message that aren't even there. Or we read things into the Bible that's not there. Or we hear things in a conversation that somebody did, didn't even say. Mm-hmm. So I think part of being able to have these conversations really well is like having, I think, humility and also trust right. with each other as we go through these different conversations that like, you know, humility on the side of, okay, I'm coming into this with my own ex- expectations, my own definitions of words, my, like, my own experience, my yeah. own lens, my own pain, mm-hmm. my own um, background, and all those. And, and none of those things are inherently bad or good or worse or better. Like, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. So I think we all have to be humble and understand, okay, you know, I, I, I'm bringing me to the table mm-hmm. and all that that's included in. But then I think we also have to trust each other, too, that we're you know, if we're going to have a culture of honor, we have to be able to trust each other that we're not trying to um, put each other in boxes and say, well, let's have this conversation. And the the end goal of this conversation is to figure out who is stronger and who is weaker, Mm -hmm. who is better, who is worse, who is able, who is not. And it's like such a low bar, such a low bar, such a low aim of a conversation or a culture or a life to be like, okay, let's figure out where I fit in the pecking order. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing kingdom about that, but there's everything culturally world, worldly yeah. about that. Like, that's what ev- <laughs> we're all fighting for. And so that's why I think it's hard to have these conversations, not because they're actually inherently hard, but it's hard because we have us 
to bring to the table yeah. and we and we bring our sin to the table and that makes us add things into the conversation that aren't really there mm-hmm. and so anyway i think this is important to your point about like oh these are the things that only women can do i heard somebody say years ago a leadership principal he said um he was talking to leaders and he said hey leaders um only do what only you can do and i've held on to that in a lot of different ways and kind of growing in that and i love that because what i think that comment does is it captures the unique strengths of any given individual and it doesn't say hey leader here's the only things you can do Mm -hmm. he's saying there's certain things that only you can do and if you don't do them nobody else does them but they need to be done so among the other things you do make sure you're also doing and especially doing the things that only you can do Mm -hmm. not the only things you can do but the things that only you can do and that was the goal if this makes sense and those two things is saying these aren't the only things women can do these aren't the only things a woman can do these are just things that god has hardwired into women and among all of the amazing things women do in general or a woman does as a woman and just as a person like in the midst of it all like let's just recognize and celebrate that these are two things that women do in a unique way as a gift from god to the rest of all of creation can we just all be really thankful for that right now? Mm-hmm. And you were like specifically speaking about looking at those Genesis stories. Like, yeah, these are the two promises maybe that women represent, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was great. Yeah. And is worth listening to. If you d- missed the message, it's worth right. going back. I mean, it's worth going back always, but it, it was <laughs> worth going back just to hear like the synopsis you gave on the accounts. Mm. And I, I think it's, it's interesting to note that right now, a lot of society seems to be like the new thing is to raise your child genderless. Um, yeah. Like, not only to decorate their room in a gender neutral style, which seems safe because right. you're old boy, you can yeah. use the same stuff. But now it's like actually moved into not raising them as a boy or girl and mm. having people determine it, and which is moving away from the whole thing. But yeah. I, f- I feel like it's an important question of why is gender important? Like, mm. why is it different that we're distinctly different? Yeah. Like, why is it special? Why is it needed that we're different? Yeah. Do you have an answer for that? <laughs> I mean, I, I have a beginning of an answer i think that it matters because apparently it matters to god right that in the beginning he made two different genders he made male and he made female Mm -hmm. and again i think what's really important is we have to in all of these conversations all these cultural conversations we have to recognize that the focus of the conversation is not culture the focus of the conversation is not women it's not men it's not you it's not me it's not our opinions none of that the the macro always has to be uh, God and his purposes and plans mm-hmm. for the earth. Everything is ultimately about his glory. So when you start from there and under that, I think that really starts to set the stage that, oh, okay, God didn't make me so that I could be all about me. Right. God made me for his glory. Mm-hmm. So that means that's what I'm, that's the perspective I need to bring to any different conversation. So there's two genders because God said that's the, that's the way he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to make, we're going to make man in our image and we're going to do it with male and female. And so those are two different genders with a whole lot of similarities and a whole lot of crossover, but there are some unique things that each can bring to the table. And those aren't things to get around. Those aren't things to get offended about. Those are things to celebrate about each other. Like I, if I'm getting mad, if as a, if as a man, I got offended at those two points I make on the message, like that's my loss. Mm -hmm. It, if I want to live my life wishing I was everything to everybody, like I guess that's my prerogative and I can try to run that race, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to be really worn out. 
And I think that there's a whole lot more freedom in realizing like, I'm not perfect. I'm not everything to everybody. There's things I don't bring to the table, but there's other people that do bring those things to the table. So instead of me getting mad and offended and wondering if I'm better or worse than them, why don't we just do it together Mm -hmm. and understand that God gave male and female together the same direction and mission from the very beginning to do together. Yeah. Which is multiply, be fruitful, subdue the earth spread the glory of God. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. So that's what we're here to do is spread the glory of God together. Mm-hmm. So if I'm spending time trying to decide who's better and who's worse, I'm just off base from the get go. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a waste of time. Yeah. No. And it makes me think of when I think it's Isaiah where he talks about like, it's basically God speaking and he's saying like, you're the clay, I'm the potter. Who, yeah. what, what, why would the clay turn around and be like, what are you making with me? Mm. And just saying like, if God is the creator, it makes sense then that he could make something in divine wisdom and limit it. Yeah. Like, like I love how in the Bible it talks about how he set the limit for the seas and then how in Psalm 16, the boundary lines to me have right. fallen in pleasant places. Like if we could have hearts big enough to believe that there are boundaries, even to our gender boundaries mm-hmm. to, to male and female, mm-hmm. but they're good boundaries. Like, yeah, it's a beautiful inheritance. Right. I feel like it. Yeah, and the things that are different about each other, we should celebrate and empower and need in one another. And so, like, yeah. Something else I think is worth saying, though, is that, you know, I just said it's a waste of time to figure out who's better and who's worse. Kind of on the other side of that, there's a lot of questions that people carry in their lives of what's my value and what's my worth. Mm -hmm. And that's not a waste of time because that comes from, never being told the answer to those questions or never or having that stolen from you in different painful experiences or whatever. So that's more coming from the design of God is not to focus on who's better and who's worse. The reality is we live in a sinful, broken world where sinful and broken people have taken that value and some of these answers and all of these things. And they've demeaned some of these God given things so that, you know, like there's a lot of women walking around us that have been told that they're less than a man, mm-hmm. whether it was in church or, or not. Right. So the question, am I less than a man? That's not a waste of time to talk about, you know, cause that God wants to speak to that and say no. Yeah. But then the conversation doesn't have to turn into, okay, who's better man or woman. So mm-hmm. the point of the conversation isn't, to define who's better the point of the conversation is to put value on the person mm-hmm. from God right. from the get go. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So that, I think that's, again, that's why it gets complicated is because God had a design, but we're living in a world and we're living lives and, and we've all sinned and we're living in a world full of sin where our norm is a broken design. Mm-hmm. So that it seems so often that the answer is, well, let's get rid of the differences right? because then there's nothing to, be heard about Mm -hmm. and it sort of sounds good on the surface but it doesn't work because it's still against the original design so the answer isn't we need to get rid of gender the answer is we need to get rid of sin yeah (laughs) and we need to get god's heart for gender right i i think one of the things we talked about was sometimes you know even as a little girl reading the bible it it can become patriarchal you know and it is Mm -hmm. like it's the god of abraham isaac and jacob it's like what about sarah and rebecca (laughs) but when you look at the bible I think the life of Jesus answers a lot of at least my own personal like struggle with like, oh, were you initiating with women? Not only mm-hmm. that, but then when I really read the Old, Old Testament, it becomes really apparent that God was initiating with women just as much as he was initiating with men. Mm-hmm. And like if the requirement is to love God and to love our neighbor, like women are set up 
to obey in the same, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? The same capacity yeah. that a man would. There's nothing holding them back yeah. from from those yeah. things. Yeah, and I think if you start from that Genesis 1 and 2 perspective and see that God has always been talking to humanity and talking mm-hmm. to both and his heart has always been the same exact heart mission call for both, then when he's when it says he talked to this guy or he's the God of this guy, like then clearly the heart's both like where it starts to expand into is like, okay, we can't get sidetracked every time it says he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, just because he didn't list every other human on earth. Does Mm -hmm. that mean he's that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were more important than every other person on the planet? It's like, not even just women. What about all the other people? And it's like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Like, let's just slow it down a little bit. And like, again, I think that's where we can, come to God and come to the Bible with our guard up, which I think reveals a lot about us. Like Mm -hmm. I know for me, and I know that so many of my questions at times, like the truth is I'll come to the Bible with an attitude of like, what's God going to tell me I can't do or can't be. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I read the lens. But I've learned, I get so much more revelation from the Bible and from God when I come in with my guard down Mm -hmm. and trust that he's actually really awesome and really good and that he, that he does love me and I don't understand everything, but like, Hey, whatever he's going to say is good. And when I come to the Bible with my guard down, that's where the revelation of God really flows. And that's where I really start to get to know him. Because when I come with my guard up, ultimately, I'm just there. It's about me. Yeah. When I come with my guard down, I'm free to just be like, Lord, I'm whatever you want to say. Like, I just want you. Mm-hmm. So we, we launched a couple of Instagram questions mm-hmm. about the specific message. And um, some of the questions are we ask people to ask questions. Yeah. And some of them revolved around the passages in the New Testament that are specifically Paul speaking about women being silent in the church or, mm-hmm. or whatever they were mm-hmm. um, and reconciling those with the message you spoke. Um, mm-hmm. And you were talking to me about how that actually brought you to this place of like, well, it all depends on how we like read our Bible. Like, Do we know how to read our Bible? Yeah. Not against anyone that would like, like those are, it's hard. This mm-hmm. is, it feels hard at least mm-hmm. to me Yeah. Um, to reconcile some of those things. So can you just take me into like what you were meaning when you said that? Yeah, so I think, like you said, we we didn't, and I and I said at the beginning of the message, we didn't have a roles conversation mm-hmm. or a who can do what conversation because those are kind of walls of uh, walls of the house, and we needed to talk about the foundation of it. And so I think the walls conversation still needs to happen at some level. It's definitely happening, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have those types of a lot of questions, um, specifically about two different little chunks of verses in the new Testament about, um, you know, saying women should be quiet and do these sort of things in two different places. And that's grounds for a lot of different questions and conversations that a lot of people have. And I think, I think those verses weren't specifically referenced in the questions that we got, but I'm assuming that's what these people are talking about. And, uh, I think it's a fair question, but you know, the questions even were, you know, when, when we word the question of how do we reconcile the message that I gave with uh, what Paul says in the New Testament, I think that there's different questions there other than just that original question. So I think number one is I don't think that there's any need. It, we don't need to reconcile them to one another because I think we need to, in approaching the Bible, we need to understand it's one big story. Mm-hmm. It's God. It's the same God beginning to end revealing himself to all of creation 
so that people can know him and we can be a part of his purposes in the earth. And so the same God who created everything in Genesis 1 and 2 is the same God who we believe spoke the whole rest of the Bible and inspired the rest of the Bible. Then I think it also comes into questions about, okay, well, what about what God did in Genesis 1 versus what Paul said in these are the verses? And it's like, okay, I think that the foundational, you know, is this the word of God or is these Paul's words? And it's sort of like both, you know, but I think primarily we have to understand that, okay, believe that this war, all these words are God breathed and God inspired. So God is revealing himself to his people through every word in this book. And so I think contextually, sometimes maybe that's a good word. Maybe it's not, but okay. Yeah. Paul said, I, this, and okay. Did God say, I said that, well, Paul had that conversation. So I guess it's Paul's words, but it's God speaking to us. So all the words are useful for teaching and useful for correcting and all of these sort of things. So God is still speaking in whether it's first or second Timothy, those verses, and I don't even remember what the other verses are mm-hmm. um, off the top of my head. God is speaking in there. And then there's a, the how do we read the Bible, which is the Bible interprets the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we don't take one sentence out of the whole Bible and build a theology or a practice for, for anything. We look at the whole thing and say, what is God's message to us on any given topic or any given anything? What What's the message that he's saying overall? How does it line up with his overall general purposes and plans? And so from the get-go, I think God sets the context that men and women are different. Men and women are equal. And both men and women are called to be a part of his purposes and his glory in the earth. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the Bible is the unfolding of that as God reconciles a broken humanity and world to himself. And so that's why it's messy. Not because God's messy, but because sin is messy. Mm-hmm. And so we have to approach the whole thing, I think, with the whole picture and context that God is clearly not sexist. The Bible is not sexist. God is trying to bring people to himself to manifest what he originally planned Mm -hmm. for us. So I think that's how we have to start. Mm -hmm. And I know it's kind of a big, long answer. No, (laughs) it's good. But it's it's helpful because my my final, what I'm trying to say is that the two chunks of verses that people have questions about in the New Testament are not at all the only things written about what God thinks about women, Mm -hmm. you know? And so women are in the whole Bible and from the very beginning to the end, they're always a part of the plan. And so we have to read it inside of that context. And so you can start dissecting even those specific things and have the conversation about roles in church. But even that gets interesting. So interesting. Because we... And polarizing. You know, and I think polarizing. Especially these verses, we, we need to approach it knowing that like churches have split over this. There totally. are parties. There's egalitarian. There's complementarian. I always right. get confused. I'm yeah, not even sure which one. I don't know if I know which one's which. Right. But, it, but saying like, okay, so this is, we believe what God is, what is God saying to Antioch? Mm-hmm. What has God put on your heart as like the yeah. pioneer of whatever we're doing here? Right. Um, I thought one thing that you specifically said was interesting was that church isn't, uh, that we run church as an organization right. sometimes, but that God's heart for like the church. Right. Will you go into that? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that that adds the complication to how we look at it because even, again, anytime there's a difference or even a limitation, if there's something a woman does better than a man or a man does better than a woman, we look at that as a devaluing reality of like how do we get around that how do we explain that how do we reconcile that and it's like what if it's nothing to reconcile it just is something to celebrate actually you know so um sorry i just got sidetracked for a second but when church and the organization that's what you asked about right Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) in our mindset 
when we think of church, we think of a 501c3 organization that has paid staff roles and positions of influence and all of these sorts of things. And so people begin asking, can women hold positions of authority? Can women hold, can women preach? Can women be this or can women be that? And we're asking all of those questions in the context of, well, what does God say about how we set up our organization? And the reality is, is that that is uh, a few levels down the priorities of anything that God lined out in the Bible. God doesn't talk about the organ, the church as a government organization that has these roles. I mean, there's the apostles and references about how they got paid and you know, all that kind of stuff. But like God does not line out. Here's how you set up your 501c3 and who's allowed to do what. Mm-hmm. God's vision for his people and his church is always a family. It's never been an organization. So the language that God uses for church and his people is all family language mm-hmm. and no organization language, really. Mm-hmm. So we have to change the whole perspective of what we're even saying and realize that if we were to sit down right here with God and say, can women hold positions of authority? We're asking from a completely different angle than he's asking. And not that it doesn't matter. I think it, like, it matters how we build the organization and we steward it well and all, you know, blah, 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 all those, all those sorts of things. But like, again, that's maybe walls and God wants to talk about the foundation of like the organization doesn't matter if there's no family, mm-hmm. both individual families, but then also is it itself is our church is Antioch as a people. Are we family? And that's why we say we want to be family. Like it's not a, it's not a cliche of like, Oh, we just want to like each other. It's like, no, let's be the family of God because that's the language that, he has for his people and mm-hmm. so we have to start thinking through that context mm-hmm. I don't know. does that make enough sense yeah. follow, I, I, I still feel have. like um i feel like because these issues are argued about in other churches and people yeah. are constantly asking like is a woman allowed to speak and mm-hmm. obviously like i you've allowed me to speak yeah, yeah. and heather to speak right, totally um and so i think there's a maybe a personal question within our family of antioch mm-hmm. Of like, how are we, what are we just going to say? Not like, what yeah. camp are we in? So I know, so I can tell my friends and then I can tell them that they're wrong. 100%. Because that's not, that's not what I want to do. And every yeah. time I speak, I'm like, wow, this is such a privilege, I feel like, to be under someone who is okay yeah. with me exercising this gift that I have. Um, but it's not, I would not walk into another church and sit there and be like, you really need to let, like, let me on your stage. I can't right. believe you're so sexist. Like if someone yeah, said, right. I actually interpret it this way. And I don't feel like you're supposed to speak. I feel like I would want my heart to like be like, that's great. You know? Yeah. Because I think that that even reflects (laughs) on a much bigger issue of why do you need to speak so bad? Yeah. Not because you're a woman, because I'm just saying as a like, why do we walk into a church and say they better let me do X, Y, Z thing anyways? Like that's the whole. I mean, it's hard when you. And I understand like, well, I feel called to do this and all these kind of things. And it's like, okay, yes, but God always prioritizes love Mm -hmm. and character over gifting totally. so like m- my gifts whatever they are don't give me a right to do anything mm-hmm. like god cares about character and mm-hmm. do i love jesus and love people he didn't call me because i can do all this kind of like or anybody because you can do this that or the other thing like god can use anybody to do whatever the heck he wants to do he doesn't need my gifting right my gifting is a gift and it's a manifestation of God for the common good. But if I don't manifest it for the common good, he's allowed to shut that down, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So there's that. Right. No. And I, I think it's <laughs> as, a, as far as a perspective, <laughs> no, you know, of like, well, it's, I should be able to do. Right. It's, it's like, not humility. And I think right. as a woman thinking about this, I'm like, wow, Lord, I, I would rather like 
be humble in heart like you were. Like when Jesus says, come to me, mm-hmm. all you who are weary and heavy laden. Right. And he says, for I am humble and gentle at totally. heart. And if that is my, if my perspective is not like, hey, as a woman, what can I, what I can and can't do and how can I push the boundaries? And it's instead it's like, I just want to, I want to be humble and gentle at heart 100%. because you are. And I right. want you to acknowledge that. And it seems to me that throughout the Bible, he's a rewarder of those who seek him 100 percent. not just like the man who seeks him no totally and i mean what what's more common in the bible god calling his people to humbly love him and humbly love other people or stand up on a stage with a microphone on a sunday morning in a building and preach right it's like yeah it matters but like there's other stuff that matters more Mm -hmm. you know and so that we have to get to first Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I don't let you, you don't preach because you're a woman. You don't preach because like you preach because you're gifted at it. Our body needs it. You're great at it. We all get better because you do it. And it's like, we want God. Right. To speak. (laughs) Like, yeah. And and so the gifts of God, like they're not gender based. And so, yeah, we can have all of these different conversations of the nuances of why this and why that. But again, I think there's so many bigger foundational things Mm -hmm. that really matter a whole lot more. I heard someone say about another issue, but they were like, this is not the hill you want to die on. And it seems like, it seems like there are definitely abuses in sex, in gender, in, in the sexes going against one another. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yes, as the church, we want to be a model of how to eliminate the abuse but we also want to be a model of saying like there are differences we want to be able to live with the tension right and submit to one another and how do we do that well totally and i think that goes back to genesis 1 and 2 Mm -hmm. is that when god created male and female it was together unified in their call they need one another they need one another to do the only things that only the other can do Mm -hmm. you know like be fruitful multiply one side can only do different sides of that equation like i mean just at the most basic level but there's so much more and then genesis 3 the fall sin and the result of sin is now enmity between the two Mm -hmm. and so again the answer isn't make men and women the same get rid of differences say that everybody's the same everybody's the same value but everybody's not the same, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm different than other, every other human being on the planet. We are not the same. Mm-hmm. We are of the same value before God, but we are not the same. There are things that I can do in a way that I can do it that nobody else has ever been able to do it. Mm-hmm. And like, that's amazing. And same for you. And it, like, that doesn't make either one of us better than the other. It makes us both need each other. And I need, like, we just, we need each other. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of the church yeah. is that nobody's got it all together. And I just think there's so much power to be unlocked to preach the gospel to the world if we can get past this cultural concept of like, I have to be better than everybody else. Where's my spot? I have to do my thing. This mm-hmm. whole deal of just like, oh my gosh, like I get it. And yes, like our gifts matter and our our personality, all those things are so big, but they only make sense and fall into line when we're prioritizing loving Jesus and loving each other. Like Mm -hmm. Jesus died on a cross for us. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus, God. Yeah. I mean, that's like the whole thing, you know? And like you can have as much of him as you want. 
yeah. you know, whoever is hungry, like he's going to fill, he's right. not asking. And, and, and it goes into like, okay, you can speak in tongues, you can give everything away, but if you don't have love, like, mm-hmm. so what? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you can preach your guts out, but if you don't love people, like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It does not matter at all. You can have whatever position of authority you want. You can have whatever job in a church organization. You can be empowered to do anything you want in the whole world. But if you don't love Jesus and love people, if, you, if you're not leveraging that thing to love Jesus and love people, then it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think one thing I like appreciate about you is not that, you, over, oh, not, not that you oversimplify things, but you tend to simplify what can feel very complicated and sticky. And that is like your bent. And so I, I'm like happily following in that. Um, and then I, I also think that there are people who, if this is a hang up issue mm-hmm. for them, especially like a woman preaching and those sorts of things, I feel like in the past, your heart has been like, that is okay that you're like, you're not going to mm-hmm. argue someone into whatever you think. Um, right. And it's more like the blessing of like, find somewhere where your heart doesn't mm-hmm. get offended every three weeks when you have totally. someone else speak. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had that conversation with people before mm-hmm. who are like, this is a big thing for me. And it's like, that's totally okay. Like, you don't owe me it not being a big thing to you. Like, you don't owe me you having a cer- certain conclusion or agreeing with me or whatever, but here's how we're doing it. And so if you want to jump on board with us in this house and yeah. all this stuff, awesome. Let's do it. If this isn't the lane, then awesome. Love you. Mm-hmm. run with some other people because again the point isn't do you agree with me mm-hmm. or do you like when so and so preaches or whatever the point is we we all want to run after Jesus and like mm-hmm. you said this isn't a hill that I want to die on and burn bridges and relationship over and all that kind of stuff so it's like man if it's just better for you to go somewhere else that you can just land on more comfortably for this issue and that's what ultimately frees you up to run your lane and do all that so okay awesome go do it Mm -hmm. you know like that because that's really more important than this issue anyways Mm -hmm. it's like all of us running in what god's called us to do and so let's throw off some of the stuff that doesn't matter and if that means we don't run as closely together as some other people then it's like okay we still love you and so go you know go do your thing somewhere else and there's no hard feelings because it's not the point. Right. I loved that. Um, I feel like listening to the message, just like with things that you perceive as cultural wounds or like women mm. wounds, like things that I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be sensitive to this because I'm mm. a woman. It, I felt like one of the most healing things, and I've heard it spoken about, I think like one other time was the word Ezer. I think you said yeah. Ezer. I'm not sure how we Ezer, pronounce yeah. it. Whatever. I was probably right. You probably were. <laughs> Duh. Uh, but in Genesis where God c- says, I'm going to make you a helpmate suitable, mm. and it's this word. And um, like there are just certain things that have, you know, as you talked about, the lens you approach the Bible with, like mm. me as a little girl approaching the Bible and recognizing I'm not a man. I don't think it was like a real thought, but it was like a thought. Like it mm-hmm. definitely influenced things of like, am I allowed? Like he, none of his disciples were women. Mm-hmm. And then when I really think about that, I'm like, there actually were some that followed him, but mm-hmm. it would probably be awkward if there was a woman who was like sleeping with all of them in the middle of the garden. Like that would be <laughs> culturally strange. And I think he did things purposefully right. that wouldn't offend a bunch of people and send a bunch of red flags. Like I, I'm sure That's he such lived. a sensible way to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm like, I'm sure he wished Mary Magdalene was there instead of Peter or whatever. She probably was there a lot more than we think she was. I mean, she was there first to the tomb. Exactly. But when I approach the Bible, when I like what, some of the healing things, things that have healed my like approach to God, um, is looking through contextually, looking at the Hebrews like 11 Hall of Faith. Like there are a lot of women and a lot of men, 
Yeah. But there are a lot of women totally. that he decided were worth mentioning. Totally. Uh, you know, you and I talked about there's a story where Sarah sends out Hagar, basically mm-hmm. the woman she yeah. gave Abraham to sleep with. Right. Who, like, should not have value in God's eyes. Right. Sent her out to the wilderness with her son. God appears twice to yeah, her. And right. she has this revelation of his character and is the first one to call him El Roy, the God mm-hmm. who sees. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's that's a big. Totally. She's getting a theological revelation on yeah. God, and she's a woman. There's a lot of women throughout Acts and the letters totally. of the New Testament, of a lot of women in the early church, a lot yeah. of women leaders, prophetesses, the whole thing. Yeah, the in fact, there's the whole Paul thing. Like Paul celebrates a lot of different women. Totally, and, a lot of and women. And there's different things that even people pull out of like, well, Paul said this and that, and it's like with the limitations of the women, like right after he says something to men too. Mm-hmm. And so it's he wouldn't. It, it wasn't it, meant it to be. It wasn't all the side. same, yeah. you know. And, but not even to argue those things. It was more just those things healed my heart. And also right. this word that you brought up. Um, will you like just remind us what that word was and, and what it meant? How do we pronounce it again? I don't remember. Yeah. You <laughs> said Ezer. I said Ezer. Ezer? Ezer. 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 Is that what I said? Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, it, it's a, I think it's a, it's a word that's used. What was it? It was 21 times in the Old Testament, twice there in Genesis 2, talking about uh, God creating woman. The other 19 times it's used about God helping his people. Mm-hmm. And so it's a word he uses about himself as providing the only help that he can provide in a situation that's desperately needed by his people. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And yeah. I think like it's worth recognizing right. for me, like being married, like I love that Chad is a man and mm-hmm. I love the things that make him a man. And he mm-hmm. does certain things and not even to stereotype what men and women do, but I'm, I imagine in every married couple, there are things that they do. Right. And then if you're like a single woman, there are things that you need a man to do. Right. You know, to like, and if you're a single man, you, there's things you, you need a woman oh, to do. You and your like laundry. But just <laughs> just thinking, like, True. the healing <laughs> message is really that, like, we need each other. Totally. Both genders need each and other. And I think the other thing that's really huge that I tried to go into in the message is, like, what's with this demeaning view of help anyways? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but I thought that was First of all, that. Like, not, not saying, I'm not making the point. I'm not saying why it's right that women's only existence is to help men. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm zooming out from that and saying, mm-hmm. like, where did we get that perspective that help is weak anyways. Like, isn't the point of help the fact that you need somebody stronger than you right now? Mm-hmm. Totally. And how how did we get so skewed to the point where, like, we see helpers as weak mm-hmm. and we see that as a weak, like... That's definitely not it. So, because we don't think that when we ask God for help. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we, yeah. don't, we don't need God's help because he's weak. Right, totally. And I think... I think, like, as we even started talking about this message, you know, weeks ago, mm-hmm. months ago, yeah. Um, one of the things that you kept saying was, why do we need to talk about this? Like, it yeah. feels like it, sh- it should already be known that women have worth and value. But I think when you, when we look at culture, mm-hmm. there are certain things that are being asked. And the big question is women fighting for their worth because mm-hmm. obviously it's been taken in certain totally. ways and places. And how do we, like, not partner mm-hmm. with the enemy yeah. who it literally says, like, there will be enmity between her and him, between yes. her and Satan. Yeah. And if you look at centuries, it seems like the agenda of the enemy has been to mm. silence and squash women yeah. from a lot of things. Totally. But how healthy of a church could we be if we yeah. allowed both to have voice and both to have... Yeah, and I think I think that's been part of a lot of what you know the devil has done, but I think it's also a lot of what men have done. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no getting around that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just the devil who's done it. It's been yeah. a, a lot of men have really jacked this whole thing up. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I think we have to make sure we're underscoring this and saying, you know, women who are having the question, where do I fit in this whole thing? Because I feel like I'm in a system or whatever that tells me that I'm secondary. That's not 
automatically just some selfish thing when it's like, right. oh, don't worry about it. You're just being selfish and want to do your gift. Like, I don't want that to get lost in what mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier. Um, that question is legitimate because men have so sinned in what I think is such a huge part of the man's calling, which is to, I think that there's a, there's an element of man from the beginning that God was saying, I'm putting you in an environment to lift everything else up. Mm -hmm. And instead of doing that, men, men, men have pushed women down Mm -hmm. and created so much space for a question that should never be asked. And so when women are asking that question, I'm not saying that it's this automatic selfish thing. I'm saying that there's the I'd say the major reason we're having the whole conversation is not because women need to get over and understand God loves them and all that kind of stuff. It's because I think men aren't doing their their part of the puzzle either, which is creating an environment where it's like I think that the most manly thing a man can do is also the most servant hearted thing a Christian can do. But it's like, okay, everybody just stand on me. Yeah. Like I am I only exist to make an environment where you can be everything God has called you to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but I think that that's part of what's so masculine and what God was calling Adam to do in making order out of everything was like, make, create everything to be everything it's supposed to be. Like mm-hmm. push, serve, mm-hmm. create environments. And he doesn't do that for Eve. Instead, he turns and he blames her. And there's so many different dynamics in the middle of it where I don't think Adam did his job. And I think that men have done the opposite of what we're called to do so often. And so many of the times when we're asking the question, do I have any value? It's because men have stepped up time and time again to say, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, come on. I think what you pointed this out when Adam, he names everything. Yeah. And I, you, you were saying in the message, like he was seeing that there was no one suitable for him. But there yeah. also is something interesting about he like named Eve. Mm-hmm. And what you're just saying, like if a male's role... Like, what if it is to give worth and value, like a father wound? Like, that's why a lot of people have father wounds is no one told them their identity piece. No, I mean, I think think there's a ton there. I think there's a ton there. Like, I was just thinking, this is just a, I don't know, are we almost done? We're we're almost done, but yeah, give me me your last I don't know, we should go into this then. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Okay, just a thought that God tells Adam not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil before he made Eve. And so the fact that Adam never provided, Adam was passive. And that created the room that should have never existed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Eve's so weak she couldn't resist. I'm, it's, no. It's none yeah, of that garbage. Right, I'm just saying. Chad has this, like, I'm break saying, free from passivity totally. that Antioch Waco gave out one time. No, I mean, I think I think passivity in men is Gotta go. the origin of m- most of a lot of why a lot of these things are really tricky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because men of God haven't stepped up to provide safe environments for everybody to be everything that they're called to be and so therefore there's room for the devil to come in where he shouldn't and there's room for a lot of questions to be asked that shouldn't have to be asked Mm -hmm. i think it's worth saying too i believe it is your intention to to do a equal message to have done the woman and to at some point to do the man thing Steve Zanako's coming on Father's Day. Because <laughs> I think it's worth it to say, like, yeah. okay, so we've talked about women. How do we be in an environment that really celebrates both, though? Totally. And recognizes yeah. they're different. So people, For you sure. can look forward to that yeah. on Father's Day. Number one, men cannot be so passive and not be so insecure that yeah. they feel like they got to push people down to make them great. So yeah. We got great men in this church. We and do great have great women. men in this church and great women in this church. We got Sorry. great people in this church. This is awesome. So I hope that even hearing this podcast for, for people who are listening, that it brings clarity. Um, it might create more questions, but even in those questions, 
the encouragement is to spend time with the Lord and mm-hmm. then ask clarifying questions. Totally. But for, for all like of always, us. Always start questioning your own perspective mm-hmm. and saying, what assumptions am I making? Mm-hmm. What what am I bringing to the table? Not that make you sinner and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just being, rec- just recognizing, saying, oh, okay, what, what am I bringing to the table? What guard am I coming up to God with? Where can I just put the walls down and say, okay, God, I just want to hear like, I want to hear what you have to say. Totally. It's good. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. And you can check in soon with another podcast. See you later.